Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson, and today we are talking about moving from zero to seven figures. I'm excited to talk to a longtime friend. Welcome, Dave Horsager. Hey, thanks, Jane. Great to be here. I love it when we have like pros on the show. Like a professional speaker, I always know what I'm going to get. I always know like kind of what to expect and how we're going to banter and things like that. Dave, tell everybody about your business. Well, I started and we'll get to that, you know, but I started in 1999 with nothing. And now 21 years later, you know, I started as a speaking business the first decade or more. Yeah. I still speak 100 times a year. I've been in the, the team just told me over 100 times in studio now the last year. So speaking is, is a big part still. But first of all, our whole work is around trust, developing trusted leaders and organizations around the world. My graduate work is on trust. I think I'm one of the most researched on how trust is built in leaders and organizations, at mm-hmm. least out of North America. So we have three big funnels for that now. One is speaking, training, my books, kind of David-centric. The Mm -hmm. other is I built several ways to measure trust in organizations. So an enterprise trust index, how we measure and close gaps that would compete with a Gallup 12 or something like that. 30 years of accent data, my grad work. And that's been used by some of the biggest companies in the world. That's a more consultative piece. And then the third piece is certifying. So we certify independent coaches to use our work now. They might be certified in strength. We have amazing coaching community on six continents, Uganda, Kenya, Indonesia, you know, around the world using our research-based content, measurement tools, and a part of our community, everything from, you know, city of Las Vegas to Penn State to, you know, really fun. Uh, One of our coaches in Indonesia just said, I use this with oil and banking executives and I also use it in my volunteer work to help girls coming out of sex trafficking rebuild trust. So oh we we love that. But that we certify people, mo- you know, independent coaches and kind of talent and leadership development professionals inside of companies to use that platform. It's an amazing platform with support and community. That's it's not just some like some of these like add a Kajabi course and make your speech. It's it's just a massively. In fact, the president of the the guy that built. One of the biggest coaching groups, 30-some thousand people, everybody would know the name, mm-hmm. said, we built the biggest, you guys have built the best. So it's a significant platform for certifying folks that, you know, and we have people in in our our, our network like NSAers that are certified in our, in our work. So that's really, really yeah. cool. And so for anybody who might be out there and would like to add a tool to their tool belt, we're going to put in the show notes how they might be able to get, maybe you could send us over yep, a yep. link directly to that um, train the trainer program. Okay. Yep, I'll tell you right now to trustedgecoaching.com. They can have a flea, uh, excuse me, they can have a flea too, but they could also have a free, speaking of speaking, uh, they could have a free, uh, they can have a free demo and it's fun no matter if you do it or not. And plus, you probably meet Gabe or Sam and they're as cool as they come. So trustedgecoaching.com. I love it. Uh, and and there'll be a, there's a free demo there and they can reach out to us other ways too. All right. So I'm going to ask you about your journey to seven, but I want to talk about how you got started. So you back in 99. So this is for our listeners who might be just getting going. I mean, what you've got now feels 
pretty yeah. big, right? Yep. But let's talk about where you started. So let's, yeah, because I would never have, just take one step at a time. And by the way, I got to seven on speaking. You know, to go beyond that is, there's a whole lot of opportunity that comes with that. But yeah. but I'm one of the, like when I went into Million Dollar Speakers Group the first time, I think there out of the 40 people, maybe 10 or less were actually keynote driven. Right. Um, you know, so now we've got a business beyond me. I'm thankful for that. But but I still love to speak, you know, so that's a big part of it. So it, when I started, this will be this will be fun for people. I'm not going to give this advice to everybody. But so Lisa and I, no kids yet, we've got four kids now. I was director of, I mean, this tiny youth and family organization. And I, I was asked to speak some at things and people asked me to speak more and more. And they have really affirmed my speaking, you know, kind of a, almost spokesperson for this uh, youth organization. And anyway, so Lisa and I, I was actually using, this is so crazy because nobody knows this in NSA, but I was using magical illusions also to keep kids' attention, not in a cheesy red cummerbund, but like, you know, like I was in jeans and a shirt, like relating to senior hires. So you know, I mean, that's why I was, I was doing this this way and nobody knows it with all the research and everything now and the boards I sit on, whatever. In fact, my friends say, oh, you used to deceive people for a living and now you talk about trust, right? <laughs> but anyway, I, I came back to Minnesota where we're from and and we threw everything we had into this speaking business. And I saw how a couple people did it, I thought, well, I didn't know, they weren't even NSAers at the time, but this one guy was charging a certain amount. This other guy was charging like $7,500. I'm like, whoa, how do you do that? And and okay. and so I put all my money into, do you remember the folders and the, you know, one sheets and all this stuff? And I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I always believed in excellence. Yeah. So with what I could do, I don't have a ton of things, but whatever I was going to give out, it was going to be excellent. And that's the same with if people see our books. There's a whole story there of the way we got Simon Schuster, unlike any other book, to to have it be on this beautiful paper and binding and color and all this when no other leadership book came out that way, you know. And now all of, you know, any any books you write, there's a reason. So just to go to the story. So we moved back. 1999, by that October, we had $1.40 to our name, 60 cents in the bank, in the business account, 80 cents in the home account to keep them open after paying our urgent bills, not another penny anywhere. We found a place to live for half the price of any other apartment in the Twin Cities, $350, 86-year-old Clara Miller's basement. <laughs> That's where we moved. By the way, we didn't know it was illegal to live in a windowless, kitchenless, Fire bathroom bathroomless basement with black mold. Oh my gosh! We lived there for two years. That's where we started this business. We'd walk upstairs to share her bathroom and her kitchen. That's what she allowed us to do. Oh my gosh! And that's how we started. Now I can remember telling my brother, "You must have been just a child then, right? Twenty something, right? Yep, exactly." So I said to you know. And my wife, I'm just amazed still. Like she was so, she'd do it with me. And I, I said to my brother, should I get a part-time job? Should Lisa get another job? Should she teach? She has a teaching mm -hmm. degree. He said, if you don't do that, you'll have to do this. And if you have to, you'll make it. Mm. And I, this isn't advice for everybody. I think there's some people, you know, you should not take risks and you should do it this yeah. way. But for me, he knew me. And no, for some no. of us, they never make it because they never take the risk and jump in. I jumped and I had to make, I figured if I could make 700 bucks about a month, I could pay my urgent bills. Yeah. 
So if I got a $250 thing, a $300 thing, you know, whatever. And so that's how I started. And now, of course, there's many, in spite of myself, many zeros behind all that. But um, that's how, that's that Lisa and I were, were together by God's grace, you know, literally praying and working till 11 at night. Mm-hmm. And making calls, sending stuff, everything else those those early early that days. That was back in the day when we would have the call send call approach. So we've talked about this a lot. We talk about it in the wealthy speaker. We talk about it everywhere. You know, you call up, find out there's a need, send your packet. You probably sent a beautiful brochure as well as a VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> And then you follow up and uh, maybe in the early days, you didn't even have a tape and that's okay. Um, Let me say something about that because I had a tape. So at first I didn't do your call center call approach. I'm going to tell some people that you, without unsolicited what happened reading the wealthy speaker for me, but that was a couple years later. But I figured, you know, the funny thing about that is I I spent all my money on these tapes. I, I, I got 70 of them beautifully done, just beautiful, nice tapes, right? And I figured it cost me about, $20 $20 if I put everything in it, the whole package together and sent it. Mm. And I thought, and my, my somebody said, well, it doesn't do any good to just have them here. Send them. So I found a list. So I sent them without call, send call, just send. Okay. Right. I sent all 70 of them and I almost got one $500 booking. <laughs> So the call part of the call send call was an important part of the equation. And we were trying to figure out what year I wrote the first version of The Wealthy Speaker, and we couldn't quite... I remember reading this book, and I'm thinking, okay, who's Joe Calloway? Now I know, I mean, love the guy and know him and, you know, all this. And But I'm like, oh, wow, you can do that one. I read it. I dog-eared it. I've got the notes on it. I said... This is this is what I want to do. I'm I was passionate about speaking, passionate about my, I'm like, pick your lane. I mean, that's so hard for early speakers, isn't it? I yeah, mean, I really want to talk about that though. With you have always been a trust guy in my eyes, but where did you start? Did you start with a I, few conference? Yeah, I had too many things. You know, I was I remember reading that and that waking me up. And um I had some wins early. I mean, I I was really speaking at big youth events early on. Right. Um which was perfect because you were a youngster. I was young. I could do it. And so I and I and I built some leadership curriculum in that youth development organization I'd been with. And, you know, even got asked to, you know, teach at the um, US Coast Guard Academy and some other things like on that, that just that content that I talked mm-hmm. about. So but um I took that at first, I, 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 it was kind of like, I'll do that. I had a specific talk with some illusions, kind of magical illusions, whatever. And so it was some specificity, but I was kind of all over the place until early, mid-2000s, my grad work around trust really got helped me get specific. But I was, uh, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that, except for that I, I remember that was a wake-up call. Because back then, you're like, I'll take this, I'll take this, I don't know, you know I'm going to take this. And uh you know, that was a problem. Susie Humphreys, uh, was it Susie Humphreys? She had a speech called, I can do that. <laughs> Pretty much anything somebody asked her to do. I can do that. Yep. That's In a delightful Texas accent. Um, so I want to talk to you about your road to seven figures. And I'd love to just kind of unearth three key ideas that you might have or pieces of advice that you have for people to actually get there? What do you think were 
really some things that it allowed you to hit flash points along the way. Boy, to get down to to get down to three is going to be hard, but I'll tell you this. Um, okay. Disciplined work at the most important things. Okay? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to explain each one as I go or just give you an overview first? Just I'll give you this one. Okay. So right. that what I mean by that is that whole call send call, I got mm-hmm. good at it. I'd call this many people. I remember also Larry Wing had spoken to my life in those days. And it was kind of like he said, take two hours and or two or four hours and, and just call. If you, if you do this and keep this many people and just call, call, call. We called, called, called. A lot of people say, oh, cold call doesn't work. Whatever. We did it. And we did it. And it worked. And and and, and I remember even towards when social media got bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're like, we're skeptical. Everybody I asked in those days about social media, now we've got a team now and, and a lot more happening there. But even now, frankly, social media is not working to me at all like relationships and even like a call works. Right. So it's good we 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 do it. We, we we have some ways to be able to be to be bigger. But I I just think a lot of people spend a load of time undisciplined. So and I want to go dig deep into that because when you decide, like you decided, maybe it was the Larry Wing it, uh, you know, two hours or whatever it might have been. When you decided, you committed to that process. And so if you aren't happy with the level of business that you have, you must commit to something that's going to change that, whether it be two hours every day of the week, five days a week, or whether it be like two hours a week. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all going to move you forward. And th- and that's this is really important, and most people just don't do it. I can't believe so many speakers say they ding around on social media. They do this. They do that. And there's a lot of good, fun things. Most of the most known people on a lot of these platforms aren't ones that are speaking that much. I mean, because they're doing all this stuff on their little social media groups. Right. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying for me, I can just speak to that, that it wasn't it, what worked even today, still in this business, we do something called storm starters. Mm, tell so me about that. that's actually uh, to, to, it's a mix of your work with Larry Wingett with, uh, Mark LeBlanc and him saying, do the number one, do a storm starter every day. Who's the number one person I should get back to? Start with that. Every salesperson, every person get get back to that number, that top person. And turns out instead of doing two hours a day, we do we don't do even close to that. All most things are inbound now, but we still who's the top person I could get back to? Or sometimes we say we generally have five. So what are the top for the sales people? Not everybody in the team, but like, so, so if it was me and I'm a solopreneur still, I would say first thing in that day, who are the five key people I could get back to mm. connect with, reconnect with, you know, had me last year. That's that discipline of that might only take 20 minutes. That might take, and remember, it's not that we reach them. It's that I just got tried. So I might only gotten one of them, but that's storm surge every day. Who are the, who are the, who are those five that we could go get back to? So and I think that's where you can make a, a social media case is that if you are about to reach out to someone or reconnect with someone, do it on LinkedIn sure. and then make, and then do a phone call and then do an email, like do it in several different ways. But that's a very intentional and disciplined approach to it. And I think intention and discipline are two huge, huge keys. Okay. So we've got number one, discipline okay. on the most important things. What's number, number two? Number two, uh, it's old news. And it's just that you have to actually be really great on the platform. Mm. And, and I, I mean, look, 
Today, we're compared against the best TED Talks, the best speakers, the best. Uh, it's so such TikTok, a, I mean, anything, everything, everything. Yeah. So you have to be the best you. So mm-hmm. I don't have to be Oprah and I don't have to be Brene and I don't have to be, but I do have to be the best, most authentic me. And that, or cl- close, I have to keep doing it. So even today, I still have speech coaching. I still have um, these ways I'm getting mentoring in. So just to speak to this a little bit early on, by the way, if you go back to when I was 18 years old, I actually won a speaking contest of about 2000 kids and it gave me, or I earned a free all expense paid trip to Israel. It's a big deal. Okay. That's why I worked hard. And by the way, even then little tenacity of learning in the County level, I got second, but the top two go forward in the regional level, top two go forward. I was second districts, top two go forward. I was second. And my dad said, you know, if you wanted to win, you could. And I, I'll never forget that. And I said, I went to every, I wasn't on the speech team. I was on sport. I was in sports, but I always did this one speaking contest through this thing called 4-H Youth Development. And, and so I went to every pastor. I mean, we didn't, pastors, we didn't go to church there. I mean, I just said, would you watch the speech? Cause I knew they speak every week. Right. I went to my pastor, I went to other, pastors. I went to the speech coach in our town. I went to the speech coach in the town next to us and I got all critique and at state, I beat everybody, including all those I lost to, but I learned something. You can get better and you must. So then later when I started doing this more, I took a stand-up comedy lessons without ever wanting to be a stand-up comedian. Mm. I took improv lessons without ever wanting to do improv. I took speech coaching. I took, and I took everything from kind of frip, frip this style to more relaxed. I mean, just different and then find what you, so that's, there's one thing there of continually. Now here's how I'd say what this means for people today. What this means for people today is how do I authentically engage people well today mm-hmm. for us? Now we're able to do things that others aren't able to do now. So, I mean, overnight last March, we got a, we put a five camera studio in place in my, the board came a five camera studio. We, but we're getting paid. Like every speaker doesn't have to do this, but it is okay. What can we do in our studio? We could start saying, Hey, instead of, um, instead of Dave, you know, we're going to keep that fee up pretty high virtually, but you get four people. And so for us, I had a, I have a producer in there all the time. We already had, he was already full-time doing all my video stuff. And we have what my assistant would be put people in and out of uh, chat rooms quickly and easily, not having to be messing around. We can do it so fast mm-hmm. now. And then we have a person chatting. This is something nobody does that I hear breakout. about. I think you meant to say breakout. I meant to say breakouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have, a, I have another person full time that's in my keynotes chatting like, oh, Dave just said this. If you didn't hear it, it's that. Here's oh. a video on that. Here's oh, a whatever. Okay. They all go away from the person. She's your they hype, go, hype man. They go away saying that was the best we ever had. So. That's what we can do. Now, so who can't do? You, you might can't do that. Okay, fine. You can't do that. So you're by yourself. Well, you could get, what could you do to engage today? Um, put your computer on a lazy Susan so that you can speak straight to it. And then you can turn it a little bit and have a whiteboard to do a little bit of engagement mm. or uh, turn it a little bit and have a TV over here to have, like, what can you do? And that means how can I engage so it's not just on the platform, we still have to be excellent, yeah. but how can I engage? And and some things don't work, by the way. Some things people say, like, for example, my view on generally on polling is they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Polling generally takes people off of looking at me. Usually many people put polls that are um, 
that aren't as relevant as they should be. So it, so people don't feel, you know, it's just like, what does work? How, you know, how can you get better virtually? I guess that's all I could give my own tips, but, but it doesn't have to be what I can do. So the tip is platform skills get better every day because there is no better form of marketing than a great presentation. And I believe right now is the time to be leveling up your virtual, to be figuring out how to come through that camera with more engagement, et cetera. And I love that you brought that up. What is tip number three, Dave? Tip number three is become a genuine expert on something. So, and really there's, there's a couple ways to think about this. So I became what many would say, I think is the most researched on trust, at least out of North America. There's a massive research team, the biggest PR firm in the world, Edelman out of the UK. We would affirm a lot of what they do, but we put out, not only did my grad work become about trust when no one was, very few were talking about trust. I mean, Covey's book wasn't out. Nobody was, but back when I was doing my grad work, trust, um, People weren't talking about the way no. they are now. Now everybody's talking about trust, but we were here. So um, we had grad work, books, I have trusted leader, I have trust edge, I have, you know, but but now we put out one of the most significant studies on trust and leadership every year. So we have a team, you know, we put out the trust outlook. Anybody can go to the re- the white paper for free, trustoutlook.com, and you can see our research. Last year, an outside university revalidated my framework from my grad work as the way trust is built globally. So there's another another benefit to this. One is I'm not just social media guru. Like I say this, so I know this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I actually am asked to be in Eat. board. Exactly. I'm asked to be in boardrooms, but I, this seems overwhelming by the way. And, and it's not as overwhelming to get there as you might think. I was just, a, you could say I was just a very engaging motivational speaker way back. Mm-hmm. I would never use that. No one here would use that term today. And people could do it so much faster than I did. Man, I took forever. Just like <laughs> I took forever to write book. You know, it's like my first book. I said, I'll get that done in a couple months, four years later. Anyway, what I would say is one other thing I noticed at the at NSA, the million dollar speaker people that I got to know before I was in the group, were they they had a framework. They had a they they had a you formula. you called exactly a formula. And I'm like, and so this framework, this, this eight pillar framework, eight pillars of trust, they weren't pillars coming out of research. They were, you know, but that, that framework has become so significant, whether we're using an enterprise trust index or I'm speaking, everything's comes back to that, that Mm -hmm. framework. And so, um, that, 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 that becoming a real genuine expert, if you can, I, I will give a, a, an extra credit piece though. I think I said the hard work. I, I will say, here's a little tip everybody can do better. I cannot tell you how much business we've got because we're good at thanking people. Mm. Back when we had nothing, someone gives you 50000 or 25000 or 5000 for a keynote and you don't send them a thank you of, mm-hmm. of, of some value. It doesn't even have to be, I mean, a handwritten verse would be like, that's unique today, but we have always thanked well and people people how many times have people said to us no one's ever done that before i'll give you an example right now to a relatively new friend of mine that everybody out there knows here this will be a humbling experience for me right in front of everybody mark mark victor hansen okay if you don't know who he is other than the bible he is the author 
of more books than anybody in the world, author or co-author. So many of you'll know with uh, Canfield, he was chicken and soup. So those 456 million books right there. Okay. But he's written about a hundred other books. So nobody in the world, not JK Rowling, nobody has sold more books than Mark Victor Hansen. So I had him on my podcast through a friend, trusted leader, uh, the trusted leader show, I don't know, a couple months ago. So last week he calls the office. We're having lunch around the boardroom table. We have social distance and whatever, but we have a pretty open space. So there's Maybe, maybe eight of us in. Okay. And somebody's it's lunchtime, but the phone's ringing. It says, Mark Hansen. Ah, should we pick it up? Shouldn't we? Whatever. And I said, and usually someone does right away. We try to treat people, but anyway, she, she, we had a few less people. Anyway, she said, she picked it up. I I said, yeah, you better in case it's Mark Victor Hansen. You know, there's a few Mark Hansen's in the world. He picks, he picks up. It was him. He said, I, and, and they send it to me. I go into my office and he said, I'm sorry to make a short story long. You hate that. This is not one. This is not one for the stage. But he said, um, he said, I needed to just thank you. I don't even remember being on your podcast. Isn't that funny? <laughs> he said, but nobody has sent me that. He said, thank you for the honey. But actually, it's this big, beautiful thank you for anybody that's on my podcast. Uh-huh. Okay. And he said, I just needed to reach out and thank you personally. And he, he said, I didn't have you number, anything other than your office that I found. And he said, the funny thing about this is, you know, he said, I've been on 350 podcasts a year. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember being on yours, but I got to thank you. What did he do next? He talked to me for a half hour and he recommended me to five podcasts with a million or more listeners each. Wow. So that's one example that happened last week. But literally we an example of you get more flies with honey. <laughs> but we th- we thank people for being our podcast. We thank well, people that's... for having us do a show. We thank people for for using our index within reason. Walmart. Some of these can't take gift thank yous, but yeah. you know. that's really lovely. Okay, so point number just to recap. Point number one is to get to seven discipline on the most important things. Mm-hmm. Number two is platform skills get better all the time. So your number one form of marketing. And number three is to really truly be the expert. Now I want to talk to you about the fear that you might have had when you chose trust as your field and it wasn't yet the cool subject. Like you had to almost grow a category onto yourself. So talk a little bit about Fear and the fact that you knew this was important and just kept going. Well, in those days too, trust was like, that's a soft skill. That doesn't affect the bottom line. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's a couple things there. One, I had this epiphany, not not some big spiritual epiphany, but I just, Lisa and I were in uh, Arizona. I think the most expensive place I'd gotten to stay to that point, we didn't have kids yet. So this was the lows. I'll never forget it. Like, whoa. You know, so we're in somewhere at this conference and I just said, we're looking up the stars that night. It is kind of a, we're, we get to have this place with a deck, you know, I, mean, I just think at that point we're kids basically like, oh, yeah. wow. You know? We're living the life. We Ex- made it. Exactly. And I just said, the thing is, they think it's a leadership problem. It's not, it's a trust problem. And I started thinking, that's a sales problem. It's not a sales problem. It's a trust problem. So I started to see, and you'll see on my books now, the leading yeah. indicator is never what the, it's always a trust issue. So the only reason I follow a leader or not is trust. The only reason I buy or not is trust. The only reason I, mar- uh, the only way to amplify a marketing message is trust. You know, I could tie it to, to anything. And it wasn't one thing, 
so I just kept, I'm mean, the partly there is even with my grad work, I wasn't going to do, I, I was speaking. Okay. We were doing fine on this kind of whatever I had going, but I just had this epiphany with that too. Like I'm supposed to go do my a master's degree at that time. And that, and I just became interested more and more in trust. The research fueled the passion. We started to use this in a company and that company said in nine months, they uh, saved two to four million in attrition costs. Then we had somebody use it and they say they tripled sales in 90 days. Then I had someone say it saved their marriage and, and, and this kind of helped it. And then we, so we had companies using, and then over those years more, then I saw it changing me, how I parent, how I am as a leader. So I became absolutely passionate, but I mean, I still have people today say, you talked about trust for 20 years. When are you, what's your next thing? I'm like, yeah. uh, I, nothing. It's it. Yeah. It. So I'm in my lane, I'm staying in the lane. And the, and by the way, I'll say something that was, um, I don't know if you said it in the first book. I'll never forget the worksheets with the pick a lane stuff, mm -hmm. but maybe you can respond to this if, if you said it or how you'd affirm this. But I, to me, when you said pick a lane at some point, there was two ways to niche. And I, one way, at least the way I think about it is the audience. So some people get exceptional with real right. estate folks. Right. Okay? You pick your and lane as picking your audience. Yes. Either your audience mm -hmm. or your subject. Right. And I went the way and it was freeing to me when I could pick the subject lane. Yeah. And now, you know, we work with corruption issues in the president of East Africa. We work with, we work with the New York Yankees. We work with Walmart. We work with right. FedEx. We work, and for me, but we are, very much in a lane if it's not about trust. So it wasn't audience for me. Once I was free to be subject expert instead of audience expert, which you can make a ton of money if you just want to do that. But yeah, so the way I would define that is pick a lane is your topic, pick your niche is your audience. Okay. And some people will go out their entire careers or their entire life of their business and never pick a niche audience. And that is perfectly mm -hmm. okay. I will say the more narrow the lane, the more narrow the audience, it just gives you focus when you go right. out. And so you probably know who your top three buyers are mm -hmm. based on the fact that trust is really hot in particular topics or something. Or, or, and, and I think the bigger you get mm -hmm. and the more unique and desired your topic, yes, almost the more open your 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 audiences become because they're coming to you. Like, oh, I see how trust affects innovation. I see how it affects sales. Yeah. I see how it affects leadership. Putting and two so together. Yeah. Because we got known in trust, because they're seeing the white paper, because whatever, I'm able to use trust in corruption issues in East Africa or in sales issues there or with the yeah. team issues on a pro sports team. That's really cool. So, I want to introduce you to one of my clients, Pamela Barnum, who does the body language parts of trust. She's a former undercover police officer and prosecuting attorney. She's really cool. And I'm going to hook the two of you up because I think uh, you could have some interesting conversations about trust. Okay. Talk about your new book. So Trusted Leader is the new book. And it basically, you know, Trust Edge was 365 pages over a decade ago. And like, it turns out people rather have a little shorter book. <laughs> and, <laughs> and even though that did, that was Wall Street Journal bestseller authentically and everything else, it's still selling. But Trust and then Daily Edge did was a bestseller too. But Trusted Leader, a couple things. One, we said, how can this be more shareable? So the opening, the whole first uh, half is a story, is a, a leadership parable, mm. really getting great. I and mean, there's a lot of those out there today. This one, it's getting high, high critical 
reviews, awesome. which we're excited about that. And then secondly, we've learned a lot in the last decade of how you can apply this work tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So this, this last half is application. You don't just leave you in a in a story. It's it's how can I apply this tomorrow morning? Takeaways they can use. A couple of things about that first part. One, we kept seeing, like I said, trust is the leading indicator. The only way to drive innovation is to have trust in the team go up so people share ideas. Because how do how do I uh, deal with learning in a classroom? There's only one way. You either have to increase trust in the teacher, the content. Or the psychological safety of the room. You have to deal with diversity issues of our day. The, the the biggest Harvard study shows diversity on its own pits people against each other unless you increase trust. The only way to get the benefits. So, so mm-hmm. it's just thinking about trust. And even when people think they know it all, like I did in my grad work, I thought I know it all about trust. Oh, it's just it's just transparency and vulnerability. Turns out it's not. Some of your kids are so transparent on social media, I don't trust them for a second mm-hmm. because confidentiality is also trust. So it gives a shift of thinking about this this idea that's a little more complex than people think at first. And then it shows not just why trust matters more than ever, but you know how they these eight this eight pillar framework, it brings that a lot to life of how they can apply it tomorrow morning. So it's been it's gotten great reviews. It's uh, really fun to see what's happening. We're right here at the beginning of the launch and um, super excited about it. So trusted leader. The other thing is in our grant in the research, we kept finding year in year Number one reason people leave an organization, no, excuse me, number one reason people want to work for an organization ahead of more pay, mm-hmm. trusted leadership. Mm, so. That's wonderful. They want to be a trusted leader or they want to follow one? So the trusted leader is the title of the book. and I'm Not, going- the, t- not like Facebook, just take the out, just okay. trusted leader. Trust- there you go. And it, it eight pillars that drive results and available across all the platforms on what uh, date? It is available right now. Just okay. came out. So right. just right now. So when people are listening, it's available. It just came out. Amazon. Uh, what's, Pl- your, what's your website URL, uh, Dave? TrustEdge.com is the company Trust Edge Leadership Institute's platform. So TrustEdge.com. Okay. Of course, DavidHorsager.com, TrustedLeaderBook.com, some of these others. But if you go to TrustEdge.com, that is our the whole institute. And you can go to either me, the research, or all that we do. Beautiful. And I know there's going to be speakers out there who could be using your index and some of the tools that you have. And uh, perhaps they even want to get certified with you, which would be amazing. I would say something there, just that one with the easiest, you can reach us any which way, but trustedgecoaching.com. They can jump right in and get a free demo. That's pretty fun. Okay. That's awesome. You know, you have helped a lot of people and David Averin speaks of you so fondly when you gave him a piece of advice. Tell everybody what advice you gave Mr. David Averin. Now, this was a long time ago. So in context. Yep. It it was a long time ago. I can't even remember how many years. We're sitting out uh, just having a drink. Um, I'm probably having water, but um, we're- we're poolside out at uh, whatever I don't even remember. I think it was San Diego, but one of the one of the uh, NSA events, and it was the free night, and we're all together, a few of us guys. And he got to a side conversation with me, or we did, and great guy. And and he said uh, something about his business, and I said we were talking about it a little bit, and I said, Dave, you don't, and I could be direct with him. And he's he's a good friend. I said, yeah. Dave, you don't have a business. Yeah, you, you have a practice. And without you, it's nothing. And uh, I said, I want something. And by the way, I don't fault people. 
mm-hmm. for a long time, I, I, for a decade, even when I got to, like I said, when I got to a million dollars, it was on, on me. Mm-hmm. But if I died, there's nothing for my family tomorrow. It's right. that, right? So I just said, I, I, I'm trying to build a business. One is a business for speaking. So there's an engine behind that. That's first. Right. Then you can also go to a, a bigger business if you'd like, but just the business behind speaking of getting consistency. I see so many people as an example. I'm, I'm jumping around here. So I should just let you ask okay. questions. Okay. Then you down the road of where you were going. I see well, so many. People. Okay. So I see so many people like that, that do want to finally build a business. Mm-hmm. So then they think, Oh, I need sales. I'm going to hire a salesperson. Yeah. Now, I've got some great salespeople, but let me tell you, that is not the first person to hire. Okay. Who is the first person to hire? The first person to hire is the right executive assistant. Mm, to take all of the... $10 work. So you're only doing $1,000 work, uh, $10,000 an hour work. So exactly. that's a start. Now, the problem is as I grow, I need way more assistance. Now I have a chief of staff and assistants and all these things. And and there's a, there's a few books around this that are interesting. Michael Hyatt's new book on how to... Um, he basically runs his company. I think it's over $10 million a year company. 23 people and over half of them are assistants. The right assistants actually can create the right, uh, an amazing company, especially in the space that we're in, service space and everything. Right. So so anyway, I would say absolutely it is the it is first role is stop doing the 10, it, it, figuratively, $10 an hour work. Yes. So you can do the $1,000 an hour work. Yes. And there's so many things we're doing. I also remember... When when uh, Winget said to me, "Pay for hire it done, right? Hire it done." I'm like, "Really? I have no money. I'm in the basement, black mold, whatever." But if I could hire that done to do that, all of a sudden I did grow faster. Yeah. So, uh, so the hire that you made w- during the black mold years was an executive assistant. I as soon at first you got to do all the work, right? Yes. So I was thankful to have Lisa with me, and we weren't having four kids in five years yet. So that was crazy town, but. Um, <laughs> But basically, when we're still in the black mold, we had we we did it. I couldn't afford a house yet, so I bought a duplex because then someone would pay rent, that right? Yes. And then I at that point, I in fact I hired before I could pay myself a full fee. Like I would hire to pay them, and that helped me grow faster. Yes. I, I be careful with what I'm saying about risks for some people, but yes. basically, I often hired before I could almost afford it. Yeah. I I have a postcard about that saying you cannot expect to have like massive success while making these uh, decisions based in fear is kind of the Mm -hmm. I'm I'm torturing my own. (laughs) But I I took it out to the kitchen. So I don't have it here. Anyway, uh, making your decisions from the place where you're already having the success, which is kind of what you did, mm-hmm. you, you hired beyond what your means really were in order to take that leap. And taking the leap without the net, that's how Dave did it. We don't always say you have to, you know, mm-hmm. quit your job yeah. and go and do this. That's not necessarily the only way to do it. But it certainly shows that you knew yourself, your brother knew you enough to say, dude, just do it. Right? Mm-hmm. And and I just got to honor because I didn't really at the end there honor Dave Avern, by the way, speaking of two Daves today, yes. but that he really got buckled down and created a process to drive business. And that's what we, that's what we, we had kind of done that model first that way. And, and, and he did it probably to a better way than us and just in speaking, frankly, yeah. but um, that's, I just want to honor him back. He did the work, he figured it out and he created a system for driving that. Yeah. 
We actually have Dave uh, Averin as one of our masters inside the Wealthy Speaker School, and he goes step by step through how they do that. And we're very grateful that he comes back on occasion and does some live calls with our audience. Well, Monsieur, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, we've given all the URLs. We'll put those in the show notes if people want to be in touch. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, two things. I would say, number one, uh, I have a lot of both. Number one, everything of value is built on trust. You're losing trust every day with your clients and customers, except if you're putting trust-building activities in. That leads to number two. It's the little things done consistently that make the biggest difference. Mm. Consistency matters. Little things done consistently. Not the big things. Little things. Doing that call, every, hitting the storm starters every day. Yeah. Sending that every day. Quit doing every social media and do one well. We're on LinkedIn. I mean, you know, do something consistently, right? And then, and then number three is straight from the farm that I grew up on. And if any of you see pictures, you know, our Facebook friends, you see that I, I live on a hobby farm to try to give my kids like a, a Beautiful work experience. experience. Yeah, That's we, that where the honey came from? Uh, no, but okay. not uh, one not too far away. Okay. But number three is, my dad would say this, you got to do the work. That mm -hmm. pile doesn't shovel itself. The hay bales don't bale themselves and the corn doesn't cultivate itself. You got to do the work. And that is, this is an amazing business. I mean, I get my next, where is this? Vienna. Um, I got uh, whatever. We get to stay at amazing places. We get to share a message we care about, we're passionate about. But yep. there is a trade-off. You got to do some work. Mm -hmm. And most people actually don't want to do the work that it takes Two, so having a coach like this, so people like you, so that you're doing the right work matters, but you do have to do the work until you don't have to. Well, thank you for letting me know that we were a part of your journey. I, I, I can give that full, 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 even from afar when I was just reading the book, reading the book, reading the book. And Joe Calloway then spoke highly of you too. And he wow. even mentored through you, you know, your words. And um, I can't say it enough, but I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for many along this journey that helped me, some from afar and some uh, not. But I, Jane, well, the speaker, you had a huge role in, in who I get to be today. So That's so lovely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, folks, if you're listening at home and you've appreciated what you heard, let us know. Reach out. Drop me a line, jane at speakerlauncher.com. Leave us a review or a rating and make sure that you subscribe so that you do not miss any more gold like today. Thank you, Dave. And we'll see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to wealthyspeakerschool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next-step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.